Hello and welcome to Motor Cult Podcast, episode 64. I'm Eric Berger, joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Sinisky. Hello, sir. Hey there. How are you doing today? Good. Better Fabulous. than Carl Scone, well, yeah. who is still in jail. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, would, well, I wouldn't take jail over the food poisoning I had yesterday, but yeah, close that, second. Yeah, that sounded <clears throat> awful. Yeah, anyone that can notice I'm drinking water, that's a little abnormal for me, so it was, it was pretty bad. You also sound weaker, like you're... Yeah. Like you're Vocal cords have been washed with stomach acid, acid. for yeah. the last 24 hours. Pretty much exactly what's been happening. So. That's pretty gross. Yeah, well, my cat was judging me. What can I say? Anyway. <laughs> he never pukes. What are, you, what are you having? Hopefully not water. Uh, no, not water. I'm having a Bear Republic Racer 5. Okay. Um, we are getting low on beer, so I've been <laughs> yeah. having to bust into IPAs. I just, <laughs> there's this like Minnesota thing where people, like, you don't take the last of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it was like... There's like one single Oktoberfest in the refrigerator. Yeah. So I'm like, that's I, I don't. hundred percent a thing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be a dick. So I'm like, I'll just make myself uncomfortable <laughs> and just drink an IPA. Mm. So <laughs> at least I'm not a dick. So there's that. Fair enough. Alrighty. I suppose we can just jump straight into topics in that case. Yes. And I, every time I find topics, it's not intentional, but it seems like they just become more and more EV focused. So just preparing you. We're probably, right out of the we're gate. probably gonna rename Motor Cult to something EV cast or something. Oh, yeah. God, no. So anyway, there, there's a bunch of stuff this week actually in car news, and uh, a few of them were uh, electric. Yeah, you're no, familiar no. with the uh, the Porsche Taken, right? That's that concept all electric car that they're gonna come Ta- out with. Taken? I think it's called Taken. Tycon. Taken. I like Taken because I'm imagining T A Y C O N. That's lame. I was yeah. imagining T A K E N and have Liam Neeson in all of the ads. He is a terrible parent, by the way. Yeah, always letting his daughter get abducted. Always let his daughter get abducted, getting impaled like when his padawans <laughs> and his greatest time of need. Awful. Seriously, he really needs to reevaluate how he gets through life. But anyway, um, Audi actually is building another product on that architecture, and it's actually going to be released before the Porsche version. Yes. Which is it's completely That's, bananas in my that, mind. That but makes sense, I it guess. It kind of does. So anyway. Well, it, I guess, all right, so this is my logic for that. Yeah. Audi has less th- to lose than Porsche does. I guess. So if this bombs as the Audi, they might not release it as a Porsche, and they might bump it down to something else. Maybe. But we've seen so many teasers of the Taken that I think it'll it'll happen either way. But yeah. I mean, if if the Porsche version looks better than this, that's that's gonna be great because I gotta say this thing actually looks pretty good. The new Etron sedan. It, it, it does look really good. It is most definitely a sedan. Yeah, um, that's why I called it a sedan because it has four doors. Yeah, that's not a coupe. It's not a coupe. No, a, a coupe has two doors and it makes you look like a drug dealer and exactly. it makes you look cool. And the car is has a completely useless back seat because everybody has to get uncomfortable to use the back seat. Pretty much. And that's the beautiful thing about coupe is it's like. The, the coupe, I like the I like coupes in the same way that I like Countach's. Oh no! Because it's one of those things where like you get it as a status symbol, but the whole concept of it mm-hmm. just makes you like uncomfortable, and it, it's just generally worse. It's just a, a masochistic sedan. body body yeah, style. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's it's like the Countach. Like you would get the Countach <laughs> to like flex on people, but mm-hmm. then you have to get and you're like on all fours to get out of it. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And that's kind of what I like about the coupe. And that's how I like coupes, because I can't afford a Countach. I don't like coupes. But, but I still want to flex on people. So. I like that this is a four-door. I also love that it's not a CUV. 
Yeah, th- that's probably the greatest thing right? about this. Like every other thing we've seen that's EV news related in the last couple of months, Some I swear it's been a CUV. CUV. We, I, I think the, this podcast, I, we're going to talk about some other uh, electric cars that yeah. aren't CUVs, so that's going to be a good thing. And one that is, I think. No, it's not. I okay. looked it up. All right, fine. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh, wait, that's the next one. Sorry. Yeah, no, but yeah, so I mean, it, it looks good. Um, I'm confident Audi will find a way to make this unreliable. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, it's just, they'll, they'll find a way. There's one moving part and they'll engineer it to break. Yeah, it's like, going to have like vegan oiled bearings or something. The, rotor, just... the rotors would be made of like ABS plastic or oh, something. Oh, man. Yeah, something that's... <laughs> something like internal it to the It melts engine. instead of burns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just like wrecks a stator and everything and the whole motor's ruined. Watch, they're gonna... I bet they'll use like a DC motor or something instead of an AC synchronous <laughs> motor and it'll just be just total garbage. They'll, but... have like a, they'll have like a brush motor and the brushes will be like impossible to replace. Yeah. <laughs> like this would make no easy Woefully way to replace Woefully undersized so yeah, if, you, exactly. if you floor it too much it just welds the brushes to the commutator. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, that. yeah, we'll see how they've managed to screw this up but I mean it looks pretty decent. No, I mean it, it looks cool but I mean historically it's never been Volkswagen Audi Group's problem. They no. have the Yeah, mon- they make stuff that looks good. They have nice interiors. It's mechanicals. Yeah. Good God, yeah. I can't figure and those I'm out. I'm just, I, I have such little faith. It's like when I saw my, the e-golf for the mm-hmm. first time, I'm like, they're gonna find a way to make this break, and I was right because like, it, no, they are, but they found a way to make it break. Is all the shit around the motor that breaks, everything else will break. <laughs> like as it turns out, an e-golf is still a golf at the end. Yeah, of the day. at the end of the day, it's still a golf, and it still has stupid golf problems like all the time. So there's yep. that. Um, Very true. I'm sure with this that it'll have like its electric power steering rack. Oh like, yeah go out like break if you hit a pothole the wrong way but don't worry it's got a very racy steering wheel with the top indicator on it i do actually like that steering wheel and i really really like the digital dashboard on that well this, you're coming back into your time really yeah i really am i do kind of wonder what these paddles are for i'm sure it's for regen but as a plus and a minus and <laughs> a car with no right. transmission <laughs> flappy paddle gearbox and yeah. EV. that I, is very strange well, we'll talk about it i think in the next episode but the, like the hyundai systems they have paddles on the wheels and it's for the three levels of regenerative brake you can toggle them oh that's kind of cool. interesting yeah, that's just so. really strange though yeah it it looks a little out of place in a in an ev i think in, but this thing is it's pretty cool i mean it's about 248 mile range i love the headlights the headlights look dope yeah i agree it's it's a that nice, looks it's a nice like really car. cool it, it, it's I, I really like um i really like concept cars right now i'm angry yeah exactly i really like concept cars right now uh because they're really bringing back like a lot of things i like about 80s cars mm-hmm. because i like boxy and angular but and this, digital dashboards. And digital dashboards, huge. But, <laughs> well, the thing, the thing that I really like about concept cars is they're kind of beginning to move away from the unnecessary body lines that have been a thing for the last like five to ten years. Thank goodness. Like, and now they're figuring out how to work around safety that, crash standards I think it's too. It's like that Lexus NV or whatever, whatever. Oh, they're they're, they're big. Their crossover, SUV. yeah, their crossover thing that they, the big crossover they do. Yeah, yeah, that LX one. Five seventy or whatever. No, it it's not the, or the GX. It, it, it's not, it's not the GX. It's the crossover, not the SUV. You're talking the not the RX, the lower one, the one below the RX. NX. I think. Yeah, the NX. Yep, the NX. Yeah, that one just makes you cringe every time I see it. The it's spindle just, grill. The, well, not just that. It's just the whole car. They're just unnecessary body lines everywhere. My office manager has one of those. I told her we need to tune it. That'd be cool. Because it's turbo. That would be very cool. <laughs> it's just the unnecessary body lines yeah. get me. It's yeah. like um, the Toyota HCR rear end. Like, 
I don't know if I know what that is. Oh, oh CHR. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, no, not the HDR, the CHR. Yeah, that that ri- whole car is just a bucket of nope. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I mean, it's beginning to grow me a little bit, but it's like I appreciate that they're taking a little bit of risk with design, but yeah. like you said, it's just unnecessary. There, there design. are a, there are a lot of aspects that mm-hmm. I like, but it's just it's too much. Right, and it's like this is also coming from somebody like like my favorite Countach is the 25th anniversary oh, yeah. Countach, the one that's like unanimously despised by enthusiasts Everyone, because like, it's got too like many angles. One. Yeah, me but, too. It's yeah. the best one. It's got the biggest spoilers, the most angles, the most tacked on yeah, crap. And, and even then, like. I think my issue with like modern cars having unnecessary body lines versus the Countach yeah. is all the Countach's body lines go in one of two directions. They either point backwards or they're horizontal. <laughs> like there's whereas like the HCR it's like you got up and left and CHR. right and down. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and like loop de loop and like all these ridiculous body lines. I don't know how you make a straight line loop de loop, but they figured it out. But Yeah, I it it's it's too much. I, I do believe that designers are generally getting better over time but and i think i think this one this one's you know it's on the borderline but they're they're kind of stepping back from that i think so i mean this is actually quite a bit less conservative than a lot of audi designs of the last 10 15 years which is true yeah and that's oh that's kind of thing is like that's the one thing i have liked about audi volkswagen's they have been kind of conservative but me too i mean they 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 age pretty well because of that but this isn't offensive no it's not no this is i don't think it's going to be quite as timeless as their no 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 no. this this bridges the gap between like the civic type r and the 25th anniversary (laughs) <laughs> being busy but not too busy uh i think this is less busy than even the civic type r well that, that's what i'm saying like the civic type r is like uh, like oh, okay. like way off in the like weeds of busyness oh you, th- you say it's busier than the 25th anniversary yeah the the civic type r is the busiest thing i've ever seen in my life have you ever looked at it have you ever seen uh what was like the pantera gts4 or whatever it oh was, yeah i've seen that yeah where they were like trying to keep up with the 25th anniversary <laughs> Countach, and they just started stapling more and more more stuff, stuff onto, onto it, it. And they just i actually kind of like it it, it kind of looks cool yeah <laughs> i've seen them on a few episodes of my advice i'm like that just fits so well i know um that's just the kind of car that warrants that yeah no but i mean i, I think the civic type r is just like it, th- that's another example of just like too much like mm-hmm. the chr and that which I just called by the correct name, by the way. Yep, um, proud of you. Thank you. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like the, the Civic Type R and cars like that, like mm-hmm. those, if we look at those in 10 years, yeah. those are going to look like what a late 90s, early 2000s, like Pontiac, like No, I disagree. Is gonna I think like. it's going to be the super rad special edition 80s cars that had just like the most quintessentially 80s garbage like box Oh yeah, that like, nobody wanted. I think yeah. the Civic Type R in twenty years is going to look super duper rad. It's it's one of those things. I I don't want to. I wouldn't bet on it because okay. like no. I mean like you're right. It very well could go that way. But like it could either be like um, the three hundred ZX. I think it's the twenty fifth anniversary edition. No, it's is a, that a Z thirty one or Z thirty two? No, it's the fiftieth anniversary edition. The Z thirty one. Okay. The one with the wide body in the rear, gold and black two tone. That was oh, the, yeah. Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. pre facelift. Yeah. I, I think it could either look like that, or it could look like That's a, a GTP. Good point. It, or it could look point. like a GTP. So it's it's either going to look like really cool and of the era. Either or way, it's like, going to offend a lot of people. Or it's going to be really of the era and not cool. But yeah, it's going to offend everybody. That's like <laughs> you're you're either going to love it or absolutely despise it. There's no in between. I, 
That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think this will be like a little bit more lukewarm version of that reaction. I don't think it's going to be offensive in 20 years, but I think no, it's going to be super dated. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's going to probably age. Not not like the E30 M3, but I think probably oh, like... Oh, those are so cool. Yeah, those are, those are really dope. I think maybe something a little bit closer to like an mm-hmm. M6. Or, sorry, that's my phone. Oh, okay, that's not good. Janice texted me about <clears throat> something or other. Hi, Jana. Um, yeah, yeah she's at an archaeology anthropology club uh, field nice. trip. But no, it's um, it, it's one of those cars that's it's gonna age, you know, not as well as the E thirty did, but I think probably something a little bit closer to E thirty six, where it's gonna be like really like cool looking, but like just enough of the era that you're like, yes, this is a car from twenty twenty. <laughs> like this is how they should look. <laughs> oh, it feels so weird to hear that, but you're probably right. Yeah. So, uh, no, 590 horsepower, 90 kilowatt hours. I have no idea what it's going to cost. Probably way too much, but pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's it's extremely cool. And yes, it is. It costs way too much. It's going to get hammered with depreciation. It's going to be like a Nissan Leaf, but for Volkswagen Audi people. Yep. Um, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> Nissan, actually. Okay. <laughs> so this like Carlos Ghosn situation is just continuously getting worse, and. I, you know, he he wins the motor. How call. could it get worse? I, I might call it right now. I'm gonna say this is this is gonna win the motor call award for like motor call le- podcast award. Yeah, motor call podcast award for legal clusterfuck of the of like the century. I think actually, um, because yeah. So apparently, more has come out about what he has done and reporting by Drive, uh, and they're actually reporting from Yanmari Shinbun, uh, which is a Japanese news one of the larger newspapers in Japan. Um, but the, the, the TLDR, the too long didn't read of this, is based... What Gone did is he had his all of his aides not only lie about how much money he made, but also lie about his retirement package. Hmm. And his retirement package, they're saying, oh, he's only getting $8.8 million over the course of, like, 10 years or something. Uh, not really. He was actually getting 17.7. Which is like that is substantially more than eight point eight. Yeah, th- th- yeah, it, it's the same thing that he did with his normal pay. Um, so wait, he was getting paid substantially more during his ten years? Oh, right, yeah, you were telling yeah, me about that because there was laws, sub- right? He was about- getting paid substantially more mm-hmm. than he was supposed to be. But not only that, he also lied to investors. Like, I am shocked that Reno. Oh yeah, b- by the way, Reno decided to keep him on officially. Which is like shocking to me. Oh, um, good old Frenchies! Yeah. I probably did not mean that. Don't mean it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, but they just have. Like, he just lied to investors. Like, you're really gonna a publicly keep him traded on? company? That's a big no no. Yeah, that's, that's like, like su- that's racketeering. Look, look at look at Tesla. Yeah. Look look at what happened to Elon Musk for his tweet. Yeah, he versus did, he this did guy. Tweet. Like, yeah, well, I mean, Elon Musk also isn't currently in a Japanese prison. But I mean, well, the thing is, in France, like they did <laughs> nothing we know of. Maybe, yeah. that, maybe he's into that. Maybe, but uh, you know, in, in Korea, they uh, they have hotels that are sh- like prisons, and people go there to relax. So they don't have to work. <laughs> That's just how overworked Koreans are. <laughs> Dude, but anyway, yikes. Yeah, um, no, it's, I know they have issues with. Um, yeah, just working way too much and like suicide rates and all that. And but. apparently wanting to go to prison, like <laughs> just they're overworked and very you know depressed what? all prison, the time. Prisons actually sounded pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so this is like totally ridiculous that he's like getting away with this. Yeah, because yeah, like like Elon Musk, like he gets like whacked by the SEC, like yeah. gets like stepped down from being chairman and everything. Ridiculous. Or sorry, uh, CEO, he still is chairman, I think. 
I thought, but I thought it was I, the other way around. I can't. He remember. had to step down from chairman of the board, but yeah, he's yeah, still in control still, of the company. Yes, that's what it is. Thank you. Um, but like going, yeah, he gets like kicked out of Japan more or less. But um, Emmanuel Macron and uh, Renault are like, yeah, it's just fine. And yes, Emmanuel Macron, president of France, owning fifteen percent of Renault, like he stood by um, going entirely. I, I just, I don't know, it seems really gross to me. And, uh, yeah, that, yeah, I'm sure there's so much that we don't see throughout the rest of the automotive industry. That's just a turd sandwich like this, but oh, when I'm, stories I'm, come out like this, you're like, really? Yeah. Well, it's one of those things like when a story like this comes out, like you can't like, it, like you're just going like, to hold on to this guy that's being dragged through the mud. Like you're going to get mud on you too. <laughs> like <laughs> it's actually poo. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. I would, I, I would have, you know, maybe I don't care going out or something or done anything at all. Like maybe not send him to prison if I was like, if I was on the board of Renault, but like, mm-hmm. it's just bad PR, right? It's like really, really grossly bad PR. It does seem like kind of a bad move to keep him on with all the news coming to light. Yeah. About Nissan. But I mean, like in France, they don't care. Cause like, he's like still, it's Renault and they love Renault. Is he still the national treasure? Something. I, I, I don't know yet. Actually. I meant to ask uh, some of my friends from Japan uh, how they felt about this, and mm-hmm. I, I, I know how J- Japanese people are going to feel, but like more importantly, I want to know how French people are feeling about going. Sacre bleu! Because they're already rioting in the streets over uh, Emmanuel Macron raising gas prices. There, like, are they also rioting over over Gone? <laughs> so that that's what I'm Maybe. wondering. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back in the states, though. Uh, the LA Auto Show just happened. It did. Yes. Oh man, yeah. Nah. I'm. I'm. Hold on. I got. I got. <laughs> I got to open this up first. Yes, you do. So I like, I like that you kept the screen grab on, so yep. everybody could see our notes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. They've seen it before. <laughs> uh, more EV stuff. And yep. this, you're right, is not a CUV. No, it's not. So, you remember, like, um, what was it? Faraday Future. That's one of the the many vaporware electric vehicle yes. things that have come out in the last couple of years. Yes. I really wanted that to be a thing. And I know, just, but their specs not. are just not realistic sounding. And I think that's a lot just like this. So there was a pickup truck announced at the auto show that you just talked about. Which one? Is Why it? are we looking at an article from electric? Because it was the first Google result. Okay, I, I like pick fair. the topics and then I Google a related oh, okay. story afterward usually. Yeah, because otherwise we'll end up with like just NBC Drive and Jalopnik for all of our Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> so news. this one's electric. But anyway, Rivian is a new company. We'll see. And they've built this uh, pickup truck to try to beat Tesla to the market. And I mean, it looks like it actually is pretty much a buildable, producible thing. I don't know if it's built on an existing uh, infrastructure or something like that. It, it, it kind of looks like it was like built off a ridgeline or something. Yeah, it does. I mean, pretty little five-bolt bolt patterns. I mean, it's probably built on a fairly light-duty platform. I don't really know any specs about its payload, but they're saying that it's going to have <clears throat> uh, four electric motors that are 147 kilowatts apiece, which would make it like 600, 700 horsepower, which is pretty nuts. That would be pretty cool. And they're claiming like 300 to 400 miles of range. So, I mean, the thing, I don't know if they've quoted the battery size. I think that's bogus, but that would have to be like 150 or 200 kilowatt hours. 
Well, I guess with the battery size, I mean, you have a ton of space to put batteries. Oh, so. here we go. 135 kilowatt hour. So that's huge. Yes, it is. I do like the head, uh, headlights a lot. Very steampunk. The headlights look really cool. The I like the name. Um, I actually... I uh, <laughs> you should tell people about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I heard the name Ruby, and I'm like, the first thing that came to my mind was Geralt of Rivia from the Witcher series, and I'm like, of course this is named after Geralt of Rivia. This is so cool. I want it to be a thing now. Make this a thing. And so um, I'm on this uh, automotive professional Facebook group, or it's just a it's a secret group for like a bunch of industry people, mm-hmm. and one of the guys from Rivian goes on there and says, hey, do you guys have any questions about this? Like, I'm here to answer questions. Like, basically a private Q&A, right. more or less. Mm-hmm. And I had one single question. I said, I I know this to be the dumbest question that you have asked you. <laughs> you can't, uh, you can't preface it with that, man. I, I, I have to because I, it's, mm-hmm. I have to be somewhat professional. But I said, I, I just, I need to know from my own self. I presume this is named after Geralt of Rivia, right? <laughs> I've, I've yet to have a response. I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> I, did you get a response from them? To be fair, I, I also asked this question at like 2 a.m. Central Time. So like, <laughs> And it's what, noon? Yeah. Okay, so that's fair. Yeah, so uh, they were probably asleep, or if they were reading it, they are currently asleep. Um, oh, no, but it, it's a... It's photo a, of the motors. That's a, It's a very cool truck. That's a really interesting suspension. Yeah, so. that's a strange multi-link. Again, doesn't look terribly heavy duty, though. No, it looks like looks like a, a car or light truck suspension. It it you know it, it looks like Audi suspension. Yeah, it looks like BMW too. Yeah, but that, I mean, I even if it's vaporware, I still like the fact that people are doing this kind of thing because it's, really, their yeah, battery no. research. They're trying to get the pricing down. I mean, if that's true, they're saying sixty nine thousand dollars before the federal tax credit. I want this to be a thing super bad, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slap the vaporware lame or lame low name on it, right. um, Because that's usually once the media starts doing that, it's just a death sentence. It's yeah. like it's a. I hope it's real. Yeah, it's the media equivalent of like short selling in the stock market. It's just <laughs> like. You're betting against it. We would we would never do that. Yeah, no, no, definitely God, not. No. That would be ridiculous. But uh, no, I, I want this to be a thing, and not only because I want a car named after Geralt or Rivia to exist, <laughs> but um, no, because it's actually a really cool truck. Yeah, I, I, I like I the styling a lot. It looks. Yeah, it, the styling's yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's at the front end. I like the rear end looks too much like a modern um, Range Rover or Land Rover Discovery. Oh uh, yeah, it kind of does. But it's got like it's got fender flares. Didn't they also have a SUV as well? I, they did, I think they did an SUV that was a. Uh, it kind of looked like a postmodern uh, international harvester uh, scout. Oh, scout, nice. Yeah, um, yeah they may have. I like I said, I've been pretty much dead the last day and a half, so I haven't really done a oh, ton yeah. of research. But well, it looks really cool. I know so. that if a company can make a viable pickup truck, I mean that's one of the best selling things in this entire country. So yeah, they might you, you pick can up. Just, a ton of market share. Pick well, up a ton. Ah. Wow, that was an un- unintentional pun. Well, you know, the thing is, this would actually be, there's a huge market for something like this. for Because this would basically take the buyers that would be looking for a um, Ridgeline. Mm-hmm. And the Ridgeline, like, that exists, and they've made two generations because mm-hmm. there's no other truck that even comes close to what it does. Like, right. It, there's a there's a big market in America for people that want need a pickup need a pickup, but they don't want to pick up. All right, they want a light duty vehicle that is. They they need they need a utilitarian van basically. It's for people hauling dressers. Yeah, well, or <laughs> like somebody like Jan's dad, who's like mm-hmm. landlord, mm-hmm. and he drives like across the state, 
hauls a bunch of like construction stuff with him. Yep. But at the same time, doesn't want to have to drive a giant, huge F-150 because mm-hmm. the rest of his life, he's not actually doing that. So, And, I mean, people are now treating F-150s like family sedans. Exactly. So. And, well, Jan's dad, he's gone through, like, three or four Ridgelines. He had an F-150 uh, that he got, like, on, like for basically free. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> got out of it as fast as he could. Like, he's <laughs> just absolutely detested it. Hmm. Uh, oh, also, speaking of F-150s, my boss actually. This is not in the notes. My, my boss at work, uh, his F one fifty got into a car accident. He, he like, had, I he didn't like, know he had an F one fifty. Yeah, he he uh, he got one from our oil distributor guy. Um, he, he bought it for such a, a weird sentence. I know, right? But the our oil guy was getting new, and he had to get out of this one, so he sold it to uh, my boss, Bill. Mm-hmm. But um, so Bill gets he had like the worst day yesterday. He was up at the hospital for like the entire night because his daughter. Like was in the ER because like she had like a, it turned out to be just a stomach virus, but like, oh, okay. they thought they yeah they thought it was like like something way worse. Yikes! So yeah, he like he's coming back from the hospital. He's like night. It's like five a.m. He like goes goes to bed for like three hours and comes into work, and on his way into work, he gets into a car accident. It's just like the worst day possible. And then like the worst part about this car accident was he like. His immediate reaction was, tight, I get my entire truck painted. This is great. I got a car accident, so <laughs> I have like, a $1,000 deductible. I'll pay $1,000, and I'll have my whole truck look pretty. Because his insurance is already ridiculous. So he's sure. just like, he oh, doesn't yeah. even care at this point. He, all the claims. Yeah. So he's like, he doesn't even care at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. He's like, tight, I'll get my truck painted. This would be awesome. He gets out. He looks at the damage. He's got... Like, because like when he's, he's in the accident, he saw the Honda that hit him just like more or less exploded. <laughs> just like everything flew off. Well, it's of it. cold outside and there's a lot yeah. of plastic. Yeah, so, like yeah. everything flew off. Like went over his truck and everything. It's just like it shattered into a million pieces. Um, but he gets out, looks at his truck. He's got a dent in his door. It looks like somebody hit it with a baseball bat, and yeah. he lost the end cap for his for his little like sidestep. Oh, okay. so like nothing happened. He goes. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> he was so pissed. I, I imagine him just like getting a bat out of the truck and like, just like smashing was, the shit out of it. I think he was more mad about the fact that his truck wasn't damaged at all than the fact that he got into a car accident. Because he was, yeah, this is great. Now I get to pay $500 out of pocket to have my door fixed and put the same cap back on. <laughs> oh, man. So, that was, a, speaking of F-150s, a pretty funny story. Um, uh, doesn't sound like a great day. Yeah, no. So these, uh, maybe the Rivian will hold up as well as that one does. I, I hope so. Uh, and speaking of electric cars, yeah. um, I want to talk about a car that I also discovered. Uh, this is a Haggerty, um, but it's called the Microlino. And I, adorable. apparently Jan showed this to me a, a little while back and I, uh, had no idea that she had designed an electric car. <laughs> like, I just didn't know that. But, um, yeah, it's a postmodern BMW Assetta that you can get in all sorts of really cool colors. They just released an ad for it, finally. Um, but, yeah, no, it's like, it's an electric city car, so it'd be competing with a Fiat 500e. So, Sergio Marchone. I can't believe they can legally make a car with just a front door. You can do just about anything in Europe. <laughs> I guess. But I think that the guy this with the ad Ferrari, is tremendous. Yeah, he <laughs> smokes the Ferrari <laughs> off the line. This is it's a great ad. I think Janet designed the ad too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, no, I, it's I think Sergio Marchone is going to be very happy to see that people are that there's to be any sales taken away from his 500e project. So 
But yeah, I, I want this to come to America as well. It looks pretty cool, but I highly doubt that ever would. Also, parking like that in America, totally illegal. Yeah, I'm kind of they, bummed that it is, yeah, but yeah, you, can't, you like, can't end in. Yeah, you can't end in between two parallel cars. That's like a big nope. And that was like what if whole, you do it kind of diagonal like a uh, motorcycle? Like a really half-assed end-in? Yeah. Or uh, like parallel? Well, like like just you, how I, you tried to parallel. No, diagonal like a motorcycle. No, yeah. like you tried to parallel, but you suck at parking. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. I and mean, as long as you're... As long as you're feasibly out of parallel the traffic. parking yeah. and you're out traffic, I think it'd be fine. Yeah, it's probably fine. Yeah, it'd be fine. But um, yeah, no, that car is really cool looking. Um, yeah, all electric. I like that they put the charging port on the front door that opens. Uh, that looks like it's to be a really in European too. Of, in the middle of winter, I'm sure that very thick cord and that hinge is going to handle really, I was really get, well. I was going to say, uh, plus European wiring harnesses. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's biodegradable. Yeah, it's going to be biodegradable. <laughs> so it's going to like, it will break in like five years, but it's going to look really cute. So like, you totally want it. So, yeah, I, I do like that. I also like that they actually put a trunk on it, unlike mm-hmm. Isetta. Yeah, probably helps them get around any sort of copyright and or trademark infringement or anything. Yeah, so. the the differential being visible in the back, I'm not like super super stoked on. I think it looks kind of cool. I mean, it's it's postmodern, it's retro, like it's, it's supposed to. I, I think <laughs> I feel like you should be able to see. It. There there's sometimes where I'm like, okay, seeing like portions of a vehicle, like the under bits yeah. of it, like. Underbits. Yeah, the underbits. Like <laughs> on the Civic Type R, Love if it. they had taken those big stupid vents in the back and made those giant brake ducts in, for the rear, yeah, or like made a diffuser and you'd actually be able to see suspension stuff, that would be kind of cool. Well, it would be much more along the lines of modified Hondas. So yeah, yeah, it'd be a lot cooler than a big stupid plastic bit that just takes up space and makes everything ugly. And I'm sorry, I don't mean the, to harken back. I'm <laughs> sorry right. about that. Now I'm thinking about it. That's the uh, the they put plastic grills in, and then they fill in the honeycomb with more plastic. Oh God, so gross! I hate that. I don't yeah. know if I hate that more or less than fake exhaust tips. I really hate fake exhaust fake exhaust tips. tips. Those that, are pretty that, much the worst design thing. I, of the entire I, that, that just just about ruins it for me. I saw Mercedes with one, and I'm like, have you seen the new SQ5? I'm sure it's. It's Something it's horrible. The, so the first gen SQ5, they had quad regular like S4 exhaust tips yeah. on them or whatever. Fine. The new one has like offset like two different size plastic things in the bumper that like they don't even recess. Like it's just That's a silver so amoeba shape on the back on both sides, and it's got like a slit down the middle to make it look like it has four exhaust. It's so, so dumb. Um, there was uh, I was thinking about yeah. the Mercedes the current ml generation okay the or, w165 yeah or what's the gl it's the GLE. yeah the gle that's what i was saying that's the current ml yeah or sorry no it's the normal gl then because it's a kind of boxy well, one GLS. yeah so yeah it was that they one revised all of them it's so annoying i know but anyway um they uh i was looking at one it's like a super high le- high trim level one is this is background thanks or uh halloween i was over at ridge mall and um I was looking at it, and my my headlights perfectly illuminated right where the fake exhaust was. Oh no! So I could see the muffler with its little single wall, not finished muffler tip inside of the big fake plastic exhaust tip mm-hmm. with like a three inch gap in between them. And then, of course, because it's direct injection, there's a bunch of carbon all built up, like just all over the place. It just looks gross. <laughs> 
I'm just looking at this. I'm like, this. I'm like, this soccer mom played herself. Like, this is just disgusting looking. The first time I saw a fake exhaust tip was when the first gen ISF came out at the auto show. Yeah. Th- yeah th- thank you, Toyota, for giving us yeah. this lovely design. That was definitely them that did this, and everyone else. What if this is like the long con for Lexus? What do you mean? Like, they designed the fake exhaust tip so it would catch on with all the luxury ma- manufacturers. And, like, in three years, they would come up with, like, a new ISF. Be like, check out our real exhaust tip. And they would take all the sales, and everybody's going to get played. You know, I'm fine with that, I guess. I think that'd be hilarious. I want this to be the long con. But, I mean, the first-gen ISF, like, it was like what you're describing on the GLS, where there is an actual muffler, yeah. there is an actual pipe, but there's an air gap between this open, fake thing. The ones I really hate are the Volkswagen Auto Group ones where it's not even open. They have a downturn tip on the muffler <laughs> before the muffler, and there's no connection at all to this fake exhaust tip on the bumper. And you see it in winter, and it's just like yeah. blowing. Seriously, it's like the, the Atlas is like that. The SQ5 is like that. There's a bunch of cars. I didn't, I didn't know the SQ5 actually dipped down. Oh, yeah. that's so bad. Oh. I want to see if I can quickly find a picture of the back of an SQ5. That that's that's totally disgusting. Sorry oh. in advance for overloading the encoding. Okay, so this is an old one. Yep, and that's a new one and right this there. This is a new one. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, oh come on, more photos. This is actually so our, this is that, the one with the our, real. That was our guest for the next episode calling me. Oh, but whatever. Uh, anyway, surprise! Are... On Wednesday, you're gonna have a guest. <sighs> yes. yes. Yeah. So will. those look fine. Those look fine. Those are real quad exhaust tips. Yes. I know this is a thrilling radio for all of you. Not uh, actually. I, I want. I want to see the that real one. Just looks awful. I know, and I'm trying to pull up the new one right here because it is. So, so bad. Oh, come on. Show me the back. (laughs) How far do I have to scroll down to get a back photo of this thing on Audi's own gallery page? They're trying not to show it to you. There's a great one. Right. Click that one. This one? Yeah, that one. Oh. No, that's not. You You can see the shininess, though, inside the tip. Okay, there you go. Fake. All just plugged plastic. Oh, yep. God. And then why? It's, got, it's got a little dinky muffler behind it that just points down at the ground. Ah, gross. So I hate that a lot. Well, there's a lot that I hate about the SQ5. Uh, I think the only thing that I'm like remotely okay with is that 3OT, which is also that's a, that's a not idea. a T. It's nope. a supercharged. Well, it could be too supercharged or supercharged. I think it, they should call it the 3OK. For compressor. I think Mercedes might have an issue with that. No, compressor is just a German name for a supercharger. I still... I, I don't know. That's why I spelled it with a K. Yeah, I know. But I don't know if they could do that with Mercedes. But I, I don't... It, I, I'm confident that Mercedes has not trademarked the name supercharger in German. They might have in America. Well, no. Th- this all sounds like the Fiat 8V. Where they had I, the V8 Fiat and they... Fiat just assumed that Ford had trademarked V8, so they called it the 8V <laughs> instead. They, they hadn't. And it turns out, yeah, Ford had not trademarked the term V8. <laughs> and somebody, somebody at Fiat had been lied to by, like, a low-level Ford employee. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, totally. We got a trademark. Yeah, yeah, we that. got that trademark. And they're like, oh, well, no. What, what, what do we do? <laughs> we call 8V. Eight 8-cylinder eight yeah. V formation. Um, hey, 
I want to talk about another really stupid thing. Okay. Uh, kind of on par with Carl Scone, but I want you to introduce it. You want me to introduce my own story? Yes, your own story. Okay, cool. So, if you guys <laughs> haven't lived under a rock this last week, you probably heard that GM is closing three plants and canceling six automotive marks. Uh, in the number of employees. 14,000 factory workers being... Do you know what percentage of their total employees that is? I did do the research, but I forgot. Isn't it like 12%? Yes, it's like... it's Oh, t- 15% of workers and 25% of executives. Yeah. And That's you know why? really bad. Trump tariffs. It actually is, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's entirely because of that. It is. It, it's just like impossible to make these things. So, so yeah, they're, they're killing the Volt. They're killing the XT6. The, what else? They're killing yeah, there's a There's a Buick that they're killing. Yeah, no um, surprise there. But they're... Well, no, I mean, no, the big surprise of that is the whole point of Buick's existence is to sell to China. That is true, yeah. And now they're like, yeah, so... But now Donald Trump's all mad about it. I'm like, you just yourself, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they're canceling the cruise. Yeah, it's going away. They're pulling a Ford, man. Yeah, they're pulling a Ford, but like a way grosser way. Yeah, of course. That that's just kind of how. Um, that's just kind of how they are, though. I mean, GM, because they, um, the GM, like they'll, they'll they're always following like the tail of Ford, but like doing it like in like a more extreme fashion. Like Ford makes a V8, GM makes an overhead valve V8. And it's like Ford gets rid of all their sedans. GM can't just fires everyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, we uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna yeah close all the factories. Yeah, just close everything. It's just gonna be easier for us to close the factories. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know what Mary Barra was thinking, but she uh, oof. is that the current CEO? Yeah, it's a, it's the current okay. CEO. She's uh, uh, who's the um, current um, PM of Britain that's leading exit or Brexit. Um, I have no idea. Uh, it's something May, like Angela May or something. Well, I, I can Google. Yeah, I want you to Google it. But no, I, I think they're cutting the same stone where it's like they see a job to do and they don't like think about like the PR. Around. Theresa May. Theresa May. Yeah, like Mary Barr and Theresa May. I think they must be related or something because <laughs> like they they don't see the PR around what they're doing and they just go, yeah, this is a thing that we're doing. Like, let's just do this and. But. And then there's somebody I that's like, I get think, it. I think this is a bad idea. Well, I don't, yeah, but I mean, like. Well, it is, but I mean. No, the, I, get, I get what they're doing, but doing it, like, just all at once is just super bad PR. I agree. I think if they had done this over the course of, like, a decade. But the, they would they would hemorrhage so much cash if they did it over the course of a decade. Well, maybe not a decade, but, like, yeah, shorter period of time. You know, maybe move some of these people to other plants Again, or something. GM didn't, didn't plan to cancel a lot of these models. You can tell because they just revised, like, a bunch of them. Yeah. So it, like the cruise. I think, yeah. Like <laughs> the, the cruise. The cruise. The, which the they XT6 just made, V? Like, like, they just what, made what, a new say, one with marketing. They just got rid of the cruise when they just got done making probably the best cruise, probably yeah. the best car that... Yeah, I would say the best car that they've made in the last 20 years. Certainly the diesel manual hatchback. That's what I'm talking about. It's yeah. a diesel manual hatchback. And so the, the second-gen Volt's a really good car. They made a really dope cruise. Yeah. And now, thank you to Donald, thanks to Donald Trump, we're not going to get that anymore. Right. And that's going away. It's going to be like one model year of that car. Yeah. It, actually, that thing would be probably a really rare car. It's actually probably I, want, I want it even more. I, I, yeah, I, I would actually, <laughs> if you are interested in investing in a weird American car, get a manual cruise diesel. Hatch. Like that, yeah, hatchback. Like, that's going to be something that's going to be, I think that's going to go up in value. Like, once people discover that it exists. Well, how much cash you're going to get on the hood when you buy it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, well, not just that, but it's like, 
There's a lot of like weird, like one or two year things Mm -hmm. that are not really well known, but are very sought after by the people that know about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of those cars. It's like, um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind, Yugo GVX is worth way more than a normal Yugo. Oh, totally. But not 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 to compare it to Yugo or something. But uh, that's just that was the first thing that came to mind. I think comparing it to um, Yugo, Yugo GV Extreme. Is no, cool. a, a Subaru RX, which is there. What the hell is that? Yeah, nobody knows what that is. If you can Google that, uh, EA82 Subaru RX. Um, this was as far as pre WRX Subarus go. This is the most sought after Subaru that you can get. Looks like a Justy. It is based off a Justy. Um, th- that white one right there, eighty nine. Uh, second row down. That looks terrible. No, it, yeah, but get get the front end of it. it with the white wheels. I mean, any one of these pictures. That one, yeah. Do that one. But anyway, as far as Subaru, <laughs> as far as like in the classic Subaru collector market, like that car is one of the most sought after cars because they made it for like a year. That's so weird. And then they made the Legacy RS, um, which is the turbocharged uh, Legacy uh, rally car with the uh, the two liter, the first EJ uh, turbo. Hmm. So, but like, it's just one of those things where I think like that's a car that's going to be like worth actually, you know, pursuing. Yeah, um, I, I think so too. I mean the. There's a lot of enthusiast stuff out there, but there's not that much like entry level enthusiast stuff. And that's entry level enthusiast. It is. All that's the like way. the Corolla hatchback six speed. <laughs> yeah. No. Or uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, no. It's another good example. Uh, Corolla FX sixteen. Yep. Another great entry level enthusiast. Talk about car. a car getting lost. Yeah. Like that. And that was nobody exact... knows about the FX sixteen. <laughs> no. It's just a real. Well, it's because like all right when it, when it existed, you had the A eighty six, which like took. All of the limelight. And then after that, you had the Corolla uh, Coupe, mm-hmm. which took the rest of the limelight. And then it, after that, the Corolla kind of sucked for like 30 years. So, like, with a few small, like, a, a few small model, like, trim levels that didn't suck. Right. And, I mean, the, the Cruze was pretty good overall, but the one that we're interested in is obviously the nichiest one. Yeah, and, and definitely the coolest one. Um, I think the perfect... Um, the per- the I guess the, the perfect metaphor for what has happened here also is what happened at the Detroit Red Wings game when they. I just out- saw that you added this, <laughs> yes. and it makes me so excited. Uh, when they brought out the, the Silverado and it broke down on the ice, <laughs> and they like barely got it off the ice in time for the next quarter. <laughs> I haven't actually watched this. Oh, it, it's uh, it, yeah, I watched it when um when I got home from work yesterday. So just- what actually happened? I, I'm not sure what failed because they're kind of being tight-lipped about it, but I guess that there is, yeah, there is like a mechanical, oh my God, that's loud. But yeah, so it's like, it's driving around. Is there a way to turn off the sound here? There we go. But yeah, they try to do like a three-point turn on it, like, or drive it around, and then it just dies. And then, so they have to do like a three-point turn, quickly get it off, and like figure out what happened to it. But I think that's like a perfect testament to that. But also, not not just, um, not not just GM, but like Detroit as a whole, because they were talking about this, like how like this whole stadium has been like kind of a cluster, like fuck of a problem. And that truck breaking down there is just like the perfect example of the American 
automotive sector as a whole right now. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like, oh, hey, look at this oh, this great truck we're building. You know what? We're going to go take it out in the public, and it just breaks down in, the, in public. And it's like, GM, it's like, yeah, we're going to make like a four-cylinder Silverado. Or we're going to make all these cool cars. And then Trump tariff. And then, like, yeah. It, whoa, we have to fire everyone now. <clears throat> oh, no. How did this happen? Yeah, so it's that that's the American car sector as a whole. I just read through this article, and it's like, end quote, had to be towed off the ice with a Zamboni. I don't know what we just watched there, but it drove off in that it, it did. It did drive off. It, people were saying it was towed off, but oh. then the actual videos came out and it was driven off. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we are going to talk about the... R33 and R34 uh, next episode. Oh, okay. Because we're going to have Brian from Top Rank Top here. Rank. Uh, I'm really excited. He's a cool guy. Well, in that case, we can uh, we can talk about interesting engineering, which is actually incredibly fascinating. And it's Mazda-related, so you should love this, I too. I love Mazda. I know exactly what we're talking about here. <clears throat> so, all right, you, you just answered the question I was about to just ask you. I assume you've heard about their SkyActiveX mm-hmm. technology. Yeah, that's this the, the compression Amazing, right? yeah. yeah. So... With turbocharged engines, direct injection was kind You're of brought in. You're about to in. have an ad play. Oh, you have the sound off, so it doesn't matter. I do. Oh, my God. I hate ads so much. I have ad block on. I don't even know how this is happening. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, the site. <laughs> CNET. Screw off. So, oh, yeah. With gasoline engines, and especially with turbochargers, there's so much compression that if you don't time the fuel injection just right, you can actually get what's called detonation or pre-ignition which yes. is when the cylinder's compression force gets so much that even without a spark plug it will spontaneously combust yes that's called knock a lot of engines try to fight that because if you get pre-ignition it actually shoves the connecting rod and piston down the wrong way puts a huge amount of load right on the connecting the, rod of the right bearing the, you can break crank, cranks yeah. pistons it's really bad because the pressures are just so intense what mazda's done is they've figured out a way to run the engine with a super tiny amount of fuel ridiculously high compression and use knock intentionally to actually power to it, power yeah. the downstroke the comp- uh, the uh, the power stroke of the piston so, so cool. skyactive x basically takes a regular engine ups the compression ratio from like 11 or 12 to 1 to 17 or 18 to 1 which, which is, is like a diesel in yeah that's like low diesel compression they put a supercharger on it which is not there for, for, for performance it's just there to get enough air into it basically to keep this yeah. fuel mixture lean enough and then what they do is they it's a standard four stroke engine like all other gas engines, basically. Yeah, but it uses the... It uses DI. So right after the piston gets to the top of the stroke, they put the fuel in and they ignite it. Also, can we note one other thing here? Yeah. They use a supercharger, not a turbocharger, and probably because of Correct. the ridiculously hot exhaust gas temperature. Well, the thing is, with lean, you expect it to be hot. But if you get past a certain point of lean, true. it actually it, gets It cooler. does actually cool down mm-hmm. after a while. But that's the whole point of the superchargers, because yeah. they're using so little fuel that even though there is a little bit more heat coming from that really lean burn, mm-hmm. it's still kind of on par or a little bit less than you would get from a standard combustion engine. But you're absolutely right. If you're in like the 15, 16, 17 to 1 Yeah, but uh, once you get like 18, 19, 20. Right. Yeah. And these are actually burning about half as much fuel as a car running at 14.7 which is stoic you know i wonder if this is what this is why uh blubski keeps running because that's got to be what the what the air fuel ratio of blubski has got to be is like it's got to be like 20 to 1 <laughs> maybe it's sky active x who knows yeah it doesn't have a supercharger you but... prototyped sky active x with an m117 <laughs> on accident <laughs> 
I don't know. It, that thing doesn't seem to get hot or anything, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think the, I, I think I'm onto something here. Although that that thing's like nine point something to one compression too. But anyway, this is I am blown well, away that a company like Mazda, who is really not one of the big players in automotive technology, just comes up with this out of the blue. Mazda is they're they're a very cool company. The reason I like them is because it's just a bunch of automotive enthusiasts mm-hmm. like. If you had a car company, like if you and I were to start a car company, mm-hmm. it's ba- it basically end up being Mazda. <laughs> Pretty much, because they're doing like everything they're doing that's like a little weird is like driven by what the market requires. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I would love to say if I had a car company, everything would be rear wheel drive, everything would be manual. Yep. But realistically, or that, EV. Yeah, that's very hard. It's a hard sell. So what did Mazda do? They Kept manuals and everything is an option. Which is why it should have won Vodi 18. Yes, it should have. But whatever, the Lexus is still not a Ford Excursion or whatever it was. RC or whatever? LC? LC. It's the LC, but it's not a Ford Excursion or whatever the hell it was. Um, But yeah, the the Mazda, yeah, they basically just kind of do everything an enthusiast would want to do Mm -hmm. while doing the bare minimum to keep viable. But that's the beautiful thing is they're actually like a really cool company. Because they're making these cars that have no business being fun. Pretty and much. That, that's kind of how I've described Mazda like for a long time. It's like they, they yeah, make you, a, you don't get into a an appliance, which Mazda still kind of are, and yeah. ex, you don't expect it to be good to drive or no. Fun. That, that's what they do. Is they they take yeah they make like a sports car, they make the Miata, great. Mm-hmm. But their appliance cars yeah. are where they like, like succeed. Like the CX-5. And they're so cool. Yeah. Like if you drive a CX9 and you drive any other large crossover, mm-hmm. that CX9 hands down is the best driving Probably. large crossover. I have not driven a CX9. I have. But, oh. it, it actually almost drives okay. It right. drives like an incredibly heavy uh like sedan. Are they um are they still based on the Edge platform? I don't know. I didn't look that much into it because it's a CV. Um <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, the uh, yeah the CX nine is uh, a, a one example. But I mean, like the Mazda two, like that car, they could have easily just phoned it in mm-hmm. and just made a shitbox subcompact that just did the bare minimum. But the C- the Mazda two, when it was in America, was the basis for Spec B SCC Air racing mm-hmm. because it was that fun to drive. There's a reason my mom when she bought a car, yeah, she gave me this ridiculous list of things that she wants she goes i want a car that's fun to drive i want to be able to fit everything into it i want to be able to get 40 miles per gallon i want to not have ridiculous maintenance i don't want to be old <laughs> uh, and so i'm like sitting like racking my brain I'm like what the <clears throat> hell do i do with this list for the longest time? oh and it has to cost less than twenty thousand dollars i was gonna say fiesta se or mazda 2 yeah and well that's the thing is like with the fiesta se it's like it's super hard to come across one that doesn't have one of those garbage cvts in them really yeah they're very hard to come across the i didn't manual. know they put a cvt in the se yeah, the the base model or the all the the one liter EcoBoost. Uh, yeah, I think that at least all the all the Fiestas that aren't the um, ST yeah. had an automatic option. It was that stupid CBT thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and those are the ones that just grenade left oh, and that, right. Oh, that, that's that's the power shift. Yeah, sorry, it's the power shift. That's like what, the dual clutch yeah, piece the, of crap. Yeah, the power shift. Oh that's what god, yeah, those that, are those so are. Bad I, I didn't news. want her to end up yeah, end up with no. that. But then. Um, I ended up having a Mazda 2 that I almost sold to Reese Mickelson, who's going to be, I guess, sometime soon, hopefully. Um, but uh, 11th hour, he's like, I kind of want to see if I got a I'm like, I don't blame you. Uh, so, <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> this makes sense. But 
<laughs> so I had this uh, Mazda 2 sitting around. We were about to send it to auction. And I, I'm like, Mom, you want all this stuff. Like, drive this. She drives it and was totally blown away. Like, she loved it. She had she has more fun in her Mazda 2 than she does any other car. And she, like, texts me regularly how much she loves it. Hmm. Um, the previous car that did that for her, uh, the only other two cars that she puts on that level, she had a RA21 Celica back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then she had a first-generation manual to run. It's the only two cars that were that fun and cheap to run. I think, well, like, her fit was just an absolute pile of crap. But Yeah, well, it's because she bought that, like, she impulse bought that. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I'm like, yeah, get a fit. They're great. But you got to get it with a manual transmission because automatics suck. And she goes, what difference does a transmission make? And this time when she bought the car, I know, she's not a car person. I can This tell. time when she bought the Mazda 2, I said, I... I actually lied to her i said the automatic transmissions are extremely unreliable you need to get the man you need to get the manual it's not true at all automatics are fine but like i told her i just i pushed her into the manual and she loves it yeah i explained to her i'm like no you're uh, her, her maintenance cost thing it's gonna play into it <laughs> but well what i said to her is like after she bought the car cause she wasn't gonna listen to me and she's buying the car cause she's all like swept up in like what's available and looking at everything else uh, after she bought the car, I said, no, the cars actually, I'm actually fine. But the thing is, is you want something that's fun to drive. Everything you gave me, like, I can't make that happen. Like, <laughs> the only car that fit those parameters is a Ferrari FF, and that costs more than the house. Doesn't like, do 40 it, miles per gallon yeah, either. it does not. It, like, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> However, I think when you say fun to drive, you mean an engaging driving experience. So take manual Mazda 2. You're going to love it. Mazda you know 2s do drive really well. She loves it. She says it's her favorite car she's ever driven. <laughs> Previously, her favorite car she'd ever driven was her 77 Celica. Mm-hmm. So it from 1977 till now, 41 years, it took for it took her to find a car that was better than her 77 <laughs> Celica. It was just a Mazda 2 that did that. Um, I have my Mazda 5, a, man, a minivan. It's great. Scott sent me a link to a really clean burgundy 5-speed Mazda 5 for sale locally for $2,600. Oh, I want that. Yeah. I'm just like, damn. You know, I... You're you're looking to put that K24 into something. Why and, would I put that into a Mazda 5? Why would you not want an all-wheel drive 300 horsepower no. minivan? No. It oh, also, it comes with two sets of wheels and tires, winters and summers. It sounds like a great deal. Can we, can we throw this on the stream? Uh, yeah. It's in my Hangouts, I think. Yeah, it's it, that sounds very cool. But yeah, the Mazda 5 is like another car that is way more fun to drive than any business being. Because Mazda, they just, they take, like, they go, what would a car enthusiast buy if he needed to buy this vehicle? And they took a minivan. And they're like, all right, guy has a Civic with a B18C unit, like, you know, a, a Civic with a GSR engine. And now he's got a family. Now he has to have something that's fun to drive, but still has to haul all the kids. Here it is. And, oh, man, it's got the LED taillights and everything? What? That car's great. Oh, it doesn't have the LEDs. But I still, think the it's first got, one was... Uh, it's got the post-facelift uh, headlight or headlights to it. But it's like super-duper clean. High miles, but whatever. Oh, it's got the gr- awful gray interior. Yeah, tan gray, whatever. That, that's a but terrible super interior. super clean. Yeah, I love that color. Like, that thing is... I would totally buy that. Boom. I love the post-facelift Mazda, uh, first-generation Mazda 5. It looks so much better. But, um, no, it's like... Whenever Mazda buys, like, produces something, they say, 
what would a their basic what would an enthusiast want in this situation? A Mazda mm-hmm. five, they go, How can we make a minivan fun to drive? Now, well it's not gonna be fast or anything. Also <laughs> a good fuel economy. Well let's take our best driving non MX five chassis. Yeah, the Mazda the, three. Take the Mazda three, add sliding doors, and keep the manual <laughs> transmission and keep everything in the, in the exact same place because I honestly think that they had somebody that tinkers with their car in mind because there's no way this car has any business being as easy to modify as it is. Right. But, like, yeah, you have, like, a 2.5. Like, I've been looking around, like, like engine swap stuff since my warranty is almost up. Um, 2.5 EcoBoost from the Ford Fusion, you go from having 100. You go from having 140 horsepower to 175. I don't know. Or any... not EcoBoost. I'm sorry. The 2.5, whatever, Duratec. That's what it was. They made a 2.5? Yeah, they did. Huh, weird. Okay. It was it was in later model Mazdas, but... Weird. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Yep. Gotcha. So the 2.5 Duratec okay. goes into these. Yep. It, that's a performance Still boost. an MZR. Mm-hmm. Still an MZR. Still uh, MZW, actually. Oh, okay, whatever. Um, Still super cheap to make, to buy, though. That's mm-hmm. the thing. That's, oh, God, That's yeah. the appeal. It's like you can get that engine for like 600 bucks. And you'll have a performance increase. It'll be great. Yeah, but the two three is fine. Yeah, two three is fine. But I'm just thinking, like, you know, ways to make more power. Um, EcoBoost are based off the MZR, MZR platform, yep. so you can get uh, Mustang EcoBoost, which MA Performance has proven. Even is, the two liter EcoBoost would be fine. Yeah, but I mean, MA Performance has proven the two three is good over 500 horsepower mm-hmm. on stock everything, which is pretty cool. So yeah, there's plenty of stuff you can do with these. And uh, car road and track did um, their um, what was it the super wagon or whatever it was they uh, took a Mazda five and put all the Mazda Speed three guts into oh, it. Okay, sure. Yeah. So, but this is like way back, like when it, it first released. There was no aftermarket support whatsoever, <laughs> so it was like kind of funky how it worked. I'm surprised they didn't do like Mazda Speed six so they could get all wheel drive too. Well, it, it was a direct bolt in for the. For sure. the Mazda Speed 3. Zoom, but, zoom, boom. Yeah, no, I think you actually can do all-wheel drive version. Um, I'm but sure Yeah, you no, could. it's just like, Mazda's such a cool company. and They, they, they do interesting things. Like, they, they had 15 years of suck. <laughs> like, from, like, 1995 to, like, 2000... Well, I guess 1990 to 2005, like, they really sucked. But um, after their 15 years of suck... Like they got really good. Beforehand, they were really good. They made the 323 GTX. That's a cool car. Yeah, they made the the original 626, which was rear-wheel drive sport coupe. That's fine. Yeah, but you can put a rotary in it. Okay. Um, everything that's ever had a rotary in it, the rotary pickup. Oh, I do love the repo. Yeah, like they, they, the, the original MPV. Like they made a lot of cool, really, really, really cool stuff. So I don't think the original MPV is very cool. It can be. Bismarck. Mazda 5 is pretty cool. Bismarck, he had one. Okay. It came with a manual transmission. That's cool. So did a Mazda 5, which is way better. That's true. But I'm just saying, they made a bunch of cool cars. Okay. I mean... Not to mention they made the MX-5 like the entire time, too. Oh, yeah. Duh, the Miata. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the one that everyone actually knows and pays attention to. Yeah, you know, the the Miata, the one that, like, the most... The the best-selling convertible of all time. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, hats off to Mazda. Um, they're just probably one of the coolest companies that exist and all around have pretty good. And they haven't completely sold out, which is super no, they nice. haven't. I mean, and yeah, and I think even with the Skyactiv-X, uh, getting back to this, what I'm really interested in is what the aftermarket's going to do. 
Cause yeah, I'll be curious to see how this impacts tuning. I mean, because that's going to be a completely different mindset. What happens if you put on an E85 and just crank the fuel trim way up? Like, do you suddenly make like a ridiculous amount of power? I don't. I don't know if you could do that because. Um, it's the amount injection. of pressure, yeah, but the amount of pressure you need, you need to spontaneously ignite E85 is insane. Well, no, they still have spark plugs. Well, they do, but you're not going to get the the knock. Plus, they run on even what is it? It's a it's a leaner AFR to begin with. Well, that's that's what I'm talking about. If you if you crank the AFR like way up, yeah, like if you, if you put in like a like a really overpowered fuel pump. So I imagine the fuel pump will not actually support the amount of gas you'd need. Probably not. But, I mean, if you put in an overpowered fuel, like a, or like a double pump or sub or something, I'm not sure exactly what you'd have to do. But, like, if you've got more I think just adding fu- a shit ton of boost to it would be how you do it. Because E85, you're well, just it's never going to get that. It's, disp- uh, it's got crazy high compression already. I know, but it's it's not enough to knock E85. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, E85 and the super high compression and the boost... You would need boost. Yeah. Well, it's already got boost. I know, but like, you're only going to be getting the knock when you have effective compression from. A yeah, turbo. well, I'm I'm just talking about like if you actually ran it like a normal engine. Oh, okay. That's what I'm talking about. If uh, if tuners start like running these like normal engines, are you gonna just get like an insane amount of power out of these cars? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, probably. That'd be really cool. If but they from did. what I read, it sounds like you really have to run 87 in these things to get them to work properly. That's really funny. Like they're, they're designed to just they're have designed to run the worst fuel ever because it, it, you know that's the the octane number essentially equates to how much pressure it takes before it spontaneously knocks. Yeah, I think you know I don't know maybe this will just like catch on in like uh, Kenya where they have like seventy five octane gas, <sighs> or uh, Nebraska where they have eighty five. They have 85? Oh, yeah. I had to put 85 in Mr. Wags one time. I was desperate. How did, how did that work? It didn't have very much power. No, I can imagine. I felt so bad for my car. But we were in the middle of Nebraska with one gas station. had one working pump with one grade of fuel, and it was oh 85. God, we're on our way to Pikes Peak. That's really bad. I felt, I, I felt so bad for my car. And even then, it was like probably waterlogged. It was probably like 70. But oh. um, No, like in Kenya and stuff, like they, have like, they actually do have like 75 octane gas. And so you have to run them on like, like six and a half to one compression. Engine. Eighty-seven is their big time. Like that's the good mm. gas that you get. I, I know so there's a guy that I used to sell parts to. Um, worked at Map. His name is uh, Kevin Malangi. Cool guy. Um, but he's got a WRX that he built oh, in Kenya. Five hundred horsepower. On eighty-seven. Five hundred horsepower EJ in Kenya. Like at, yeah, on like eighty-seven octane gas. It, shockingly, it, it blows up about once a year. But um, that's a, that's par for the but, course. But no, the thing is, it's like he usually gets about like thirty thousand miles before he gets some sort of major failure. So it's just kind of cool. He was with able to like tuning you with, tune with good tuning that he was he was able to make that kind of power on E eighty seven. But E87. I think but not E eighty seven. Sorry, I meant to say eighty seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think somewhere like Kenya, like this kind of car, this technology would really catch on. I really think that that'd be awesome for a car enthusiast in kind of the developing world. I think so. Because, I mean, yeah, a lot of the world has really, really garbage gas. Yeah, no, like, t- terribly. Cause really I'm, bad. Because like, like, in Kenya, 87 is like a good gas. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know, maybe that should be our bombshell. The Mazda, the Sky Active <laughs> Kenya X. edition. Kenya edition, <laughs> the ultimate enthusiast star. <laughs> Works for me. There we go. All right, well, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on Wednesday. We'll have Brian from Top Rank here, and we'll be talking about importing cars and imported cars and, and all some sorts delicious of stuff like dark that. purple r34 action
Yes, that is true. Maybe he'll drive <laughs> one of the school cars. Not as I hope not. It's, it's winter. Yeah, because he's got a lot of them, though. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, Talk bye. to you later. Bye.